Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. Big show today, folks. This is a big show. The Steelers are coming off a loss in Week 12, gearing up for the... Gosh darn it, I always say San Diego Chargers. I don't know what it is. Other teams move, and I can get that name down, but for some reason, I think Chargers, I think San Diego. I apologize. Los Angeles Chargers. Week 13, Sunday Night Football. I'm Jeff Hartman. Didn't know if I said that or not. With me, as always, Lance Williams. Lance, how are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic, Jeff. You know, every time you mess up Chargers, it makes me think of the movie Ali when Ali changed his name and he was Cassius Clay. Mm-hmm. And people would say, well, if your mama named you Clay, I'm going to call you Clay. <laughs> so it Dude. makes me feel the same way with the Chargers. Well, if you were the San Diego Chargers. Well. Do you do you have that problem with the Chargers, too? Because I know I'm not the only one. I've heard national media people say, San Diego just out of habit. Are you the same way or, or, or what? I'm pretty much the same way, man. I think everybody knows who you're talking about if you say San Diego or L.A. I think we all yeah. get it. All right. So the, there's a lot to talk about in today's show. Uh, not only are we going to go back and talk a little bit about the loss in Week 12, even though if you haven't listened to our post-game show, I highly recommend you do. You can go back and catch that on our YouTube channel or on our podcast platform. Uh, and you'll get our instant reaction there. Now we've had some time to digest that loss, that defeat. And here's how I want to start the show. I've, I've titled the episode this. I'm going to title the article this for t- this same way for tomorrow. It's a simple question, Lance. I think I know what you're going to say, and we would disagree if you answer the way I expect you to. In any way, shape, or form, do you feel that the loss to the Denver Broncos 
could be a blessing in disguise for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hell no. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Hell no. I don't believe in moral losses, man. Uh uh-uh. uh. When incorrect, it's always a better circumstance. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that, man. Win the ball game, figure it out later. No kidding. When incorrect is the best case scenario. No one's saying that. However, I do believe that there are certain situations, and I will not. I am not in that locker room. I'm not privy to information in that locker room. But I do know there are situations with certain teams, and the Steelers have been one of these teams in the past where they can get a little ahead of themselves. We'll just put it that way. And sometimes you need a team to come up and slap you across the face and kind of say, well, reality check. We're going to have to play a lot better if we want to get where we want to go. And I knew you were going to disagree. I knew you were going to say that, hell no, there's no such thing as a moral loss. I'm not saying this is a moral loss because there's no moral gain to the way that they lost. They lost, they handed them that win on a platter. My thing is that maybe this has them focusing a little bit more in practice, a little bit more to details. For instance, James Conner carrying the football, being aware of, of people that are around you and how you're holding the football, when to put that second hand on the top. Xavier Grimble realizing that you don't have to run through someone when it's them in 15 yards of space to score a touchdown. I mean, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking if I'm Coach Tomlin and I've coached, uh, I coached for a long time. I didn't coach football, but I was a head coach for a long time. And there were some losses where people would say, ah, oh, it's a tough loss, Coach. But yeah, you know what? But we're going to learn from this. We're going to, we're actually, this is, this can help us in the long run. So, Lance, you might disagree, but I, I think this could be a blessing in disguise for the Steelers. I think this could kind of be a reality check for them. People forget this is, this is still a pretty young football team. And if you think about it, if you take Ben Roethlisberger off the roster and you look around, other than the offensive line and Cam Hayward, it's a young football team, man. And I think maybe sometimes they're reading the newspaper articles. They're reading the headlines saying, look how good these guys are. Look where they are in the power rankings. Look how, you know, this, that, and the other. But there's Juju Smith-Schuster stats, Antonio Brown's consecutive touchdown streak, um, Ben Roethlisberger's throwing for 450 or more yards. I mean, there were so many positives, and I'm not taking away from those, but do you understand what I'm suggesting, I guess, is my question? Yeah, I get what you're saying, Jeff. It, it's and, and we both coach listeners. It, it's one of those games where there's enough that happened on the field where it's easy to get your message across in the following week. You don't have to preach. It's all on tape. And everything that you've been talking about for the entire season, it's all on tape. And it makes it easy for you to coach because they just made those mistakes. So it's going to be an easy coaching week for the staff, for Tomlin, Colbert, Munchak, all those guys, because the errors are on film for everyone to see. So I agree with you from that perspective. Okay. I just am not – I never think losses are good. Well, no, of course not. I mean, we've, we've said it all year. You win ugly, that's okay. <laughs> if, if they would have somehow pulled out that victory, um, that would have been okay. Um before we get into our stat geek segment, oh, go ahead, Lance. I'm sorry. Well, think about it this way: there is a thing called slump busters. Slump busters are a good thing. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. We, we, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Before we get into our stat geek segment where we look back, or it could be a statistic for the week, it could be a, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, um, I do want to ask you, Lance, I know you've watched the film of the all 22 of, the, of last week's game. I want to ask you if there's one thing you can point to, could be offense, could be defense, could be both, that really was the issue, and let's eliminate turnovers. That's obvious. Uh, if there's one thing that you noticed in the game that was a cause for concern, on offense, defense, or both, what would it be? Some of it is the run stuff. You know, some of the run fits were off. Weren't as as, as as crystal and sharp as they had been over the past couple of weeks. Some of that is due to, to it, but some of that is just poor execution, where I thought before the Jacksonville and Denver game, the run fits were better. Guys were in their gaps and guys were executing and making tackles. Now, I showed you a play in which uh, Vince Williams was held, which which helped Lindsey get a big run. But I thought the run fits were a little shaky in the game. The other thing that showed up, and I was pretty startled at how easily Emmanuel Sanders was running by Joe Hayden. I think that really stood out because there were numerous plays on the All-22 where he ran by Hayden and Hayden just wasn't the principal read or for whatever reason didn't get the ball. So those were the two things that stood out to me. Well, you know, Joe Hayden himself, and he's actually, I'm publishing an article tomorrow morning for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it's going to be five Steelers players that need to really step up their game heading into Week 13, and Joe Hayden's one of them because Joe Hayden said this after the Week 4 loss to the Baltimore Ravens when he was covering John Brown, and that is he prefers... AJ Green type players to defend taller, bigger, stronger, like a Julio Jones type, even rather than the smaller, shifty, fast guy, which I would put Emmanuel Sanders in that category. And so he struggled against Emmanuel Sanders. I agree with you that, that he was running wild on a, on a several different plays. Um, I, I thought that for the first time in a while, the tackling and the angles were bad when I watched the film. Um, Sean, there were some people that just had bad games that hadn't had a bad game in a long time. Sean Davis didn't play well. Terrell Edmonds is kind of, you know, spotty here, there, anyways. Um, but ultimately, I thought that the, the Steelers' defense didn't play as well as I expected them to. They were given a, a raw deal with all the turnovers, but um, at the same time, I guess I expected it. I think back to the interception where two plays, it took them two plays both to Emmanuel Sanders to just go down and score a touchdown. And I'm thinking, man, it can't be that easy. I don't care if it was a turnover or not. It just can't be that easy. So Lance, do you, I know you have some stats for us this week, right? Yeah, I have a couple. I think I have a couple that I sent you and I have a couple. We can go through those. I mean, one that I wanted to just mention really quickly, and we've talked about this off air and on the show, we've talked about the inability of this team to get takeaways and the one stat that stood out to me was over the last decade, no Super Bowl winner has finished lower than 12th in takeaways. Steelers are currently 22nd. That's a big problem. And football is just a game of numbers in so many areas. How many guys can you put in the zone to cover the number of guys that go out in the route, route combinations, you know, one, seven, two, five, you know, different route combination gaps. Uh, there's just numbers show up everywhere in football. And one of the biggest numbers in football is just number of possessions. 
if you can take possessions away from a team and get extra possessions, you're going to beat a team. Unless you run into a team that has an offense like uh, the Peyton Manning offense of years ago, I believe, when they beat, um, it might have been Jacksonville, when they had the ball for like 19 minutes and they scored 35 you know, where they had like maybe five or six possessions or something like that. Unless you have an offense like that, typically if you can take it away, get extra possessions, you're going to win football games because the numbers dictate it. And that is a scary stat. They've got to start taking the football away. Well, and let's give credit where it's due. That was from Alex Alex Kazora of Steelers Depot. Um, I'm not huge on those type of statistics because – yeah, that's kind of like it, it's it's true. I'm not saying it's not true, but it's one of those statistics where it's, well, this has never happened until it happens. So in 2005, no six seed has ever had ever gone on the road for all those games and won the Super Bowl until it happened, and the Steelers did it. So I'm not too huge on that, but the takeaways are a concern. Um, to me, I, I I honestly look at this stat and I look at the minus seven ratio that the Steelers are sitting on right now, heading into Week 13, and I think to myself, yeah, the defenses need defense needs to take the ball away, the offense needs to take care of the stupid ball too, um, and, and this could be chipped away slowly but surely. For instance, um, you know, if they get a fumble recovery but they don't throw any, they don't turn it over, there's one. You know, you have five games left. You chip away one at a time. Next thing you know, you're minus two. That's not horrible. There have been teams that have been in the playoffs with a negative turnover ratio. So, um, yeah, but that stat, I, I agree, and I think it's interesting. I don't put much credence in those. It's never happened because it never happens, and then it does. Just like against the New Orleans Saints, the Baltimore Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker, had never missed a point after until, guess what? He did. So, I don't know. That's but just, think of it. But think of it this way, Jeff. It's not that it won't ever happen. It's just the difficulty of you winning. The stat tells that story. Just how hard it is to win when you don't take the ball away. It's oh, yeah, harder. Absolutely. You know. You know. It's hard enough to win a Super Bowl, but it's extremely hard when you're not taking it away and you're giving it away. And it's well, just really yeah. hard. Well, here's here's another statistic that would be worth to look up. I don't have this information with me in front of in front of me currently. Would be the Steelers' defensive third down uh, conversion ranking, and I don't even know if they have that ranking. I'm sure some website on the internet does, but if my memory serves me correctly from doing our post game shows after every week, at least in the last seven games, and that includes a six game winning streak, obviously. I feel like the Steelers defense has done a really good job on third down. So they're not taking the ball away, but they are forcing punts. And so if you force punts, you're getting the offense more possessions. I, I think those, I guess, yeah, the turnovers are turnovers. They're, they're, that's black and white, but you throw in that third down conversion. Does that make sense to you, Lance? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they, they probably, if you're not doing one, you better be doing the other. And it seems like the Steelers' defense has been. I might look that information up for an article this week. All right, I have a statistic here. Now, bear with me. It's a long and winding road. This comes from uh, Dave Schofield, who's a contributor to our website. Um, I know him personally. He does a lot of statistical analysis for our site. He does the crunching the numbers, the analysis by the numbers. Um, everyone thinks of Ben Roethlisberger. They think of fourth-quarter comebacks, and he's been tremendous in that area throughout his whole career. But listen to this. 
Uh, ben Roethlisberger, with five minutes or less remaining in the game when he's down by seven points. Okay, so I'll say that again. Five minutes or less remaining in the game, down by a touchdown and an extra point, seven points. He has had this situation happen to him 15 times in his guess. career. Let me guess. What is, I'm going to give you a guess of what I think his record is in those okay. games. Go for it. I'm going to say he's... Tell me how many he's won out of 15. Five. No. <laughs> the Steelers have only won two. Okay, I was going to say three. The Steelers have only won two of those games. In both games, they scored before the two-minute warning because this was with five minutes or less, mind you. They've scored before the two-minute warning, so the Steelers have never won a game under Ben Roethlisberger while trailing by seven points under two minutes. Of the 13 losses, because there was 15 situations where it happened, they've won twice. Of the 15 lo- 13 losses, three of them, they managed to tie the game but still went on to lose. Of all of the losses, there's only one team where that has happened against that's happened more than once, and that was the Denver Broncos. Four yep. times, all in Denver, yeah. uh, twice in the playoffs. Two times yep. the Steelers have tied the game, but still lost. So <laughs> everyone thinks of Ben Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> as the the comeback kid. In this regard, five minutes or less, you're down seven. Don't put your money on Big Ben. Is what that stat is saying. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting about that, it, you know, there's two sides of the ball. And one of those I think we all remember was the Tim Tebow overtime yes. one play to Demarius Thomas stiff arm touchdown. I mean, that was hilarious. I'm at my cousin's house. He gets up to get a beer. I'm throwing shit. And he's like, what the <laughs> hell happened? And I'm like, the, the, the game's over. Shit, they lost. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> they lost. Yeah. Didn't the overtime just start? That's why football is the greatest game in the world. You have to execute and play well in all three phases. If you don't, you can have the best quarterback of all time, arguably the one of the GOATs. You hear I'm trying to be sarcastic, listeners, and Aaron Rodgers, and they get their ass whooped every single season. So, Yeah, it, it's crazy when you think about that statistic with Ben. I just think about this season, and you could go back to last season too. Think about situations, and this is not necessarily down by seven in the time and, and all those restrictions that Dave put on this statistic. Think about the New England Patriots game last year in Week 15. So Jesse James, it's we all know that story. But then that awful pass intended for Eli Rogers picked off game over. Then let's fast forward to this season. In Atlanta comes to Pittsburgh. Remember at halftime, they drive down the field. They're going to get points before half. They're going to get the ball after half. Roethlisberger throws up what looks like a two-yard Hail Mary, and it gets picked off. And then you go to Jacksonville, and if it weren't for that penalty on Ryan Switzer, he would have been picked off in the end zone with a chance to win the game. And then last week, he does get picked off in an awful play. I, if so, you, Jeff, so, Jeff, so, Jeff, to your point, and, and, and kudos to Dave, that, this is, you know, being able to get these numbers together, that's awesome. I mean, that's a lot of digging on his part. So kudos to Dave, but ask him because and, and I think you're, you're probably going to make it easy for him for the answer in those losses. How many times did Ben make a turnover? Mm, no situation. Right. How many times did he turn the ball over? You've just rattled off like six, <laughs> like off the top of your head, which will go to the next stat that I'm going to bring up. But man, your recall is great. Dave's awesome. 
But that just goes to this stat, that this was the 10th career game where Ben Roethlisberger attempted 50 or more passes, and the Steelers are 3-7 and seven in those games. So, so what narrative are we trying to paint when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger? I know what I'm trying to say. What do you think? What do you say to all that, Jeff? Well, I, I, there's another statistic that's kind of been debunked now, um, and that was it used to be if he threw for over 300 yards, they had an awful record. Um, that's changed since he had those six touchdown games and all that stuff. But it to me, it tells me that when Ben goes into gunslinger mode, nothing good comes of it. What comes of it are turnovers, typically a lot of points, but losses, period. Um, go back to that his entire career. Now, his career has really changed dramatically, more so than many quarterbacks that I could think of. And he went from a game manager, hand the ball off, throw it 15 to 20 times. If he threw it 25 times in a game, you were like, wow, they were really airing it out. And now he's throwing it 56 times in a game. Um, I, I guess this is where I want to know, is it Ben or is it Randy Feeder, Or is it both? Well, either way, either way, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm going into their meeting and I'm saying, listen, this can't happen. It just can't. It cannot happen because this is not the equation for success for the Steelers and for this offense. It just isn't. We've got to stay balanced. We've got to get James Conner involved more. That's that's what I think. Lance, do you agree? I agree. You got to your favorite word, balance. Yes. Balance, getting James Conner touches and being balanced. I mean, Ben is not a game manager. Ben is somewhere in between. He's not the guy that you can trust the offense to to throw it exclusively and you win games. He does not protect the football like a Brady or like a Peyton Manning who you could trust to throw it a ton, and he's probably not going to turn it over. I know people are going to be pissed off about it. Ben is, is probably a blend of both types. You know, game manager light with a little bit of a heavy load on the back, you know, on the back of your palate or something. I mean, he's, he's that guy with, he's a blend, you know, he still needs a running game to a certain extent, just so you could limit his opportunities to turn the football over because he's going to consistently make some iffy decisions when he's asked to throw the ball tremendously. You just kind of know one of those bad plays is going to happen. And I guess if he's able to criticize players publicly, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Hopefully the coach will criticize him publicly and say, well, if we're going to have you throw it 50 times, you need to stop turning the ball over. Those were bad decisions and bad throws. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this a little bit more, not so much Ben in his radio show, but you mentioned the balance in James Connors. So here's some more statistics statistics for you. Okay. In throughout the course of this season so far, and we know that James Connor has been the feature back the entire time. No injuries to speak of. I just knocked on wood for those that are superstitious. And and there's only been one occasion where they have given James Connor the ball 15 or more times, and he has not rushed for a hundred yards. And that was in week three against Tampa Bay on Monday night. He rushed for 15. He had 15 yards for 61 carries. 
he did have five receptions for 34 yards. I'm sorry, 15 carries for 61 yards. I'm not sure if I said that correctly. Other than that, every time they get him 15 or more carries, he goes for over 100. So you're talking about week one, 31 carries, 135. Uh, against Atlanta, 21 carries, 110. The Bengals, 19, 111. Cleveland again, 24, 146. Baltimore, 24, 107. It, there's a trend here. When they commit to the run, they get the yardage. It's the, it's the plain and honest truth. And let's be honest. Some might say, well, in Tampa Bay, 15 carries for 61 yards. Do you really think that 15 carries is enough? No, I don't. Do you, Lance? Absolutely not. If they thought he was uh, Zeke Elliott, he wouldn't just get 15 carries. Exactly. So, I, I, I hey, now we've said this before. Fans get ready for a run-heavy output at the start to the game on Sunday night. Because what do we always say? The Steelers are known for the ridiculous over-correction. They're going to hear the criticism. They're going to hear all that stuff. And what are they going to do? They're going to come out if they get the ball first or if they get the ball second. It doesn't matter. They're going to run, 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 run. And even if they go three and out, they're just going to keep on running because that's how stupid they are sometimes. Um, but Lance, I, you know that's going to happen, right? Well, you, well, absolutely, because you have because of the quarterback. I mean, he's going to run it to make a point, and if it doesn't work, he's going to say, "See, it didn't work. Let me start slinging it." Yeah, and then they'll abandon the run. James Conner will not get his fifteen carries. They won't get a hundred yards, and Lord help us <laughs> as it goes into a shootout between Philip Rivers and the Chargers and. Ben in the in the Steelers, frustrating. Hey okay, Jeff, so look- man, Jeff, you gotta stop it, man. You're starting to sound like me, man. You've been a, well, no, you've, been do- you've been doing this show with me too long. You, I gotta stay in my lane. You have to stay positive. I'm sure. Right. On no, the I'm, live I, chat- I, hey, I'm very positive about this game. I'll say that right now. But let, let me let's let's talk about something you wanted to talk about, and this was going to be a true or false question, but I feel we should expand on that a little bit more. Um, you said on Sunday when I was given my post-game grade of Ben Roethlisberger, that I don't like to criticize Ben. And, yeah, Ben's my guy. I said that openly. I admit that. But ultimately, you know, do you think he's an untouchable for a lot of people? This is not me or you. This is more just the fan base. True. True. People don't like people don't like criticizing Ben Roethlisberger and a lot of guys in the press. I mean, guys that I've had on my show, Mark Cavalli is a great guy, does great work for the athletic, has been covering the Steelers for years. But Cavalli is light on Ben. I mean, on Twitter and his post this week, he's criticized everybody else but the guy who threw the interception in the end zone. I mean, I've had, I've had fans on Twitter say, well, if they had scored, you know, Denver had three timeouts and they probably would have kicked a field goal and won. Well, let's see. Right, tie the game, figure it out. Maybe you get a strip sack, you kick a field goal, and you win. Tie the game. The turnover ended the game. It was the most critical play. I mean, everybody else has been really hard on Grimble. They've been hard on James Washington. They've been hard on. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy, James uh, Connor. Look, those guys are young players. Been through two interceptions. One cost them the game. Another throw, he missed a juju that would have been a touchdown. So so uh, there's enough mistakes to go around. 
Ben seems to navigate himself out of them from the fan base and from media guys alike. Guys just are soft on Ben, in my opinion. I think it's 100% true. I think this goes a lot deeper than the play on the football field. I think this goes, well, let's see, I don't know how I put this. The, the, the Steelers organization has their hand in everything that's put out there by the media that have past, that have press credentials. If you didn't realize that, it's true. They do. <laughs> they, they have control over kind of what is put out there. They know who's writing the stories. And those people that write the stories know that you cross that line and you won't be in the locker room anymore. Um, and so I would not be shocked if it's a Steelers organization that is kind of saying, you know, yeah, I'm not saying they're telling them what to write, but I think they get the hint. And Ben Roethlisberger is a guy that has been polarizing throughout his career for all the wrong reasons. And I think that the Steelers organization might view it as any undue criticism towards him is not necessary and it's not conducive to anything positive for the organization. So um, with that said, I think there are some that have had some criticism of, of Roethlisberger, but nothing, nothing as severe as you see towards other players. You don't have Mark Madden of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review writing a scathing article about how the Xavier Grimble turnover completely ruined the game. Was it bad? Absolutely it was bad. But was it the only play that mattered? Hell no. You just talked about all the other bad plays, the overthrow to Juju, James Washington jumping for some unforsaken reason to try to catch a football. Um, there was a lot of mistakes. We'll put it that way. So – What's you want to you want to go to true or false now? Yeah, we can go to true or false. And actually, I have some rapid fire true or falses as well that we can do. Okay, do you want to do this first or last? Let's do the rapid fire true or falses just really fast. Go for and it. And I'm just going to ask them to you. You 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 slam these out. All right. Juju Juju is a superstar. True or true. false? Budding superstar. True. Ryan Switzer is the Steelers' number three wide receiver. True. The clock is ticking on James Washington. False. I'm going to say true. And the reason I say true is because the said quarterback, the aforementioned quarterback, took him to the woodshed. Like, if you're, go like if you're going to be out there, you got to make play for us. Basically, you can't be diving. The well, clock is – or let's just say the pressure is turned up on James Washington. Uh, well, absolutely, now. that's true. But you know what will be surprising? If, if James Washington is active this Sunday night – they're they're fine, but if for some reason he doesn't get a helmet, there's something going on. I'm not yes. saying he's going to get cut. I'm not saying they're going to get rid of him, but there's there's a lack of trust there big time. So I'll, that's I'll, I'll just leave that there. Go ahead. There's that. So the last the last quick quick one is the defense is incapable of making splash plays late in games. True. I agree. Absolutely okay. true. <laughs> and I want to give credit to It's Yensberg on Twitter at It's Yensberg who put those out. Big up to you. Listen to the show. Support us. Those are some great questions. Absolutely. So let's get into our more um, in-depth true or false questions. We have some good ones tonight. Here's a good one, and this is going to be a good – we can kind of lead us into a little bit of a preview for the upcoming game. Teams don't fear James Conner in the Steelers' running game. Lance, true or false? True. And I think the reason they don't is because they know the Steelers will get away from it if, if it if, – not consistently successful. If they stop it a little bit, they know that Ben 
will go to the passing game. And I think if they go exclusively passing game, I think they feel comfortable, although it didn't work in Denver, and I thought Bucky Brooks was completely off in his analysis about how the game plan of doubling A, A B, and Juju, whatever, kind of worked. Bucky Brooks is a moron. But I, but I think <laughs> – but I, but, I, but I think – yeah, teams aren't scared of it because they know that the Steelers won't commit to it if it is not working consistently well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say – I see your point. I'm going to say that they do fear it because James Conner has gashed a lot of teams in the league so far this year, and regardless, you don't want that to happen to you. Um they can get going. And so, yeah, first quarter rush defense for any opposing team is going to be absolutely gigantic. Cause like you said, if they, they stop at the first quarter, you have a really good chance that Feetner and Roethlisberger are just going to say, all right, let's scrap this idea. Let's start slinging it around the yard. So there you go. All right. Um, the way to stop the Steelers offense is double the wide receivers and make the running game and others beat you true or false. False. I think that that you take, but I don't think it'll stop the Steelers. And, and that assertion about B- Bucky Brooks is ridiculous. If you give up almost 600 yards of offense and four turnovers, missed throws, all that, and you still win, well, you know, you were just lucky. That's not a good game plan. I don't think any coordinator draws up a game plan to give 600 and have to depend on turnovers to win. So I would say false. Well, did you hear Vance Joseph, the head coach of the, I think that's his name, the head coach of the Denver Broncos comments after the game? How yeah. he was yeah. saying how they basically said, this is the, this is what was our game plan is that we didn't, we wanted to stop Antonio Brown. We want to make Juju Smith Schuster beat us. And I'm thinking to myself, Juju Smith Schuster just caught 189 yards against you for a touchdown, one of those being a 97 yard bomb which should have been a back-breaking play, and you're going to go out of here and say, oh, yeah, plan work to perfection. I mean, it's just stupid. It's yeah. really yeah. stupid. I mean, I, just... I have the quote here. I, I'm not going to read the quote, but, you know, you you did it justice. Uh, you know, it, trying to take A.B. out is just smart. Everybody's going to do that, but that game plan, it, it worked because they won, but it worked – the way it worked is not the way they drew it up. There's no way that they could anticipate getting four turnovers, a couple which were unforced. Well, let me ask you this. Would you say that Juju Smith-Schuster took over that game on Sunday? Yes, I think he did. I, I think Juju was put in a position because of their defensive game plan to eat a seven-course meal. And had Ben not missed that throw to start the second half, you know, Juju would have almost had 300 yards receiving. So, yes, Juju was out there eating. Yeah, I mean, he, he took – I don't know. When I think of taking over a game, I think back to – I want to say it was 2015 or 2016. Oakland came to Pittsburgh, and Antonio Brown just – it was like a video game. I think he had over 200 yards several touchdowns. That's why I said when you answered the, the true or false is, is Juju Smith-Schuster a superstar? I said he's a budding superstar. I think that he's still, in a way, navigating his own way through how the Steelers want to use him every week. 
And is he just going to be a decoy? You know, that's not a decoy, but is he just going to be a product of having Antonio Brown opposite him? Or is he going to start beating those double coverages? I think he's already started to beat some of those double coverages. The most impressive thing, and we're kind of getting sidetracked here, I apologize, about Juju to me when you watch the film of him is his knowledge and understanding of the defense and how they are trying to attack the Steelers' offense. If you watch him, his recognition of man and zone concepts and where he should go and reading Ben Roethlisberger, um, it's really remarkable for a young player, I should say. I expect that from Antonio Brown. And even Antonio Brown, I watch it and say, what the hell is he thinking on this play? You see that too, Lance? Because I feel like Juju's a very smart football player. And Juju's advanced. I hate to say it. I mean, he's an SD guy, so I hate to say it. Juju's, <laughs> Juju's advanced in his physical ability and his physical maturity. One, being that young and being that physically mature puts him on a different plane. He came from a big-time program, and his football intellect is top-notch. The only thing I think that may limit Juju moving forward to being that type superstar is, is a lack of top-end speed. Juju, if, if Juju were a, t- a touch faster, yeah. Juju, I mean, he might get a little bit faster. We've seen guys get faster. I swear I've seen Antonio Brown get faster. Yeah, Juju has. just needs a little bit more Juju so he can, <laughs> can, can, can put the complete Juju on the league. Well, but you, you say that and the guys had – Two ninety-seven yard touchdowns in the last two years. Yeah, yeah but you, you know, but Juju <laughs> looks like he's carrying a refrigerator when he gets to Oh the my third. gosh. You act like he's lumbering down the field like Heath Miller used to. <laughs> no, it's he's not, not doing bad. like Heath Miller, but you know, he's like <laughs> that stiff arm is really good yes. about the 30. He has the best stiff arm when running away from corners in the National Football League. You're sitting there yelling at the TV, stop turning around, just keep running. Keep running. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all right, the, the Juju Love Fest will take a timeout for a second. And the next true or false is that this is going to be a tough one to talk about. Not tough one. It's going to be interesting, I should say. Ben Roethlisberger, as I'm sure everyone knew, it sounded like Lance just dropped his beer, um, that uh, everyone heard about Ben Roethlisberger's comments to James Washington through his radio show. And the true or false statement is, Ben Roethlisberger has every right to criticize players in a public forum, Lance. True or false? I'm going to say false. Unless Ben Roethlisberger can convince me that ripping James Washington is going to make him better, run better routes, that I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm just old school where personal business should be handled in-house. And if he's going to do that and rip players publicly, he should be able to take it if Antonio Brown said, you threw a terrible ball, that was a terrible decision, you cost us the ball game. Or you missed Juju when he was wide open and you took seven off the board. You know, if you can do that, if he can accept that criticism, maybe – but but I I don't I don't like it. Keep your personal business in house. Pull the guy to the side. Hell, rip him in front of teammates. But do it inside or internally. And also, hopefully, he had a conversation with whosever name he brought up in his radio show before he went on the radio. 
Because if he did that, that's just weak. That 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 that's not being a man, in my opinion. Be man, I, be a, yeah. be a man. Have the conversation. Pull the guy to the side, and, and, and deal with it that way. I I agree with you on a lot of what you said. The criticism of James Washington, first and foremost, I think is totally justifiable because now how he did it that's a different story you know is it one of those situations where you know he's going is he not talking to him or you know whatever the case may be i'm not sure but for me i think that ben roethlisberger and, and look he's done this a million times before he's been able to say whatever he wants on his radio show. And it's funny to me because it always leads up to Mike Tomlin's press conference at noon that day. And it just seems like Tomlin sometimes is blindsided by these questions or these comments that he makes about this, that, or the other. And I mean, 93.7, the fan of Pittsburgh has to love it because people are writing articles about it. People are listening intently at 11 o'clock on Tuesday, Eastern Standard Time, because that's when his show kicks off. And I just think that ultimately the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and this is just how Ben does stuff. I I guess I should say that maybe he's emulating their leader a little bit. Mike Tomlin does this a lot. He'll make comments in his press conferences towards his players, but he is the coach. He has that right. He has that ability. If James Washington, see, to me, I don't think this is all about the game on Sunday. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger goes on his radio show and publicly criticizes a rookie wide receiver that has not been playing all that much for nothing. I don't think it's because of of one drop pass. I don't think that is, um, I don't think that's what happened. I think it's maybe a culmination of several things that have happened Maybe it's a lack of preparation. Maybe he's not in his playbook as much as he should be. Maybe he's not having an attention to detail and practice. And maybe it's kind of just came to a head with his performance on Sunday, and that's when Ben decided, I'm going to kind of say something uh, publicly about this. You might not like it, but maybe that's what the situation calls for. I know that Roethlisberger has said openly that the transition from college to the pros for Washington has been rough because in college – at Oklahoma State, James Washington was essentially assigned a very limited route tree and almost always on the same side of the football field. Now, that's not saying they never moved him to the other side, but primarily he was used to being on one side. And so because of that, you go to the NFL, and now all of a sudden you need to run a full route tree. They're running you, they're wanting you in the slot as well as outside. You're gonna have specific blocking responsibilities as well as reading defenses and coverages. That can be difficult, and maybe. Just maybe Roethlisberger thinks for some reason that Washington is not giving his his all, so to speak, when it comes to uh, you know this situation and how he's handling himself. And so that's one of those things that you know we don't know. We don't know those answers. We don't know those answers based on the fact that we're not privy to that information. We never will be. All we see are pretty much the. We see the end product. We see Ben Roethlisberger going into the media and saying, okay, here's the deal. Um, I'm going to say whatever I want. (laughs) essentially what it is. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So um, this is a time we finished our true and false segment. 
I want anyone that's watching on YouTube to, if you're in the live chat, and if you don't know how to find the live chat, I'm pretty sure if you scroll down underneath the video, you can find it. This is where, if you have questions for the show, and I'm going to type that in right now, um, ask, and we will answer them. Pretty simple. So go ahead and let me see if we can get Lance back on here real quick. Lance, you there? All right. I think we might have lost Lance. We'll see if we can get him back, back in there. Okay, so if you have questions, go ahead and fire away, and we will be sure to answer as many as we can. I'm trying to get caught up here. Uh, we've been definitely talking a lot so far. Haven't really been looking too much at the uh, the ultimate, the the chat and all that stuff. So let's see if we can get some questions here. A lot of people agreeing that uh, Roethlisberger might should have kept things in house. All right. Um, Thomas says I think Ben Roethlisberger saying that there's no primary receiver anymore. The open guy gets the ball. He pressed the ball to AB for that record. Um, Thomas, yeah, I mean, the open guy, here's, here's what's scary. And I'll say that it's scary for a reason for me. Um, it's scary that Roethlisberger in the past few games has seemed to revert back to 2017, um, Roethlisberger again. He has definitely been one of those guys that, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, he, he he's starting to stare down all these guys again and mainly number 84. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So I, I want him to still do what he was doing when he was moving the ball around, finding the open receiver. And hopefully that kind of solves everything. And the question then becomes is are players like James Washington going to step up and make the plays when they're presented because he would have had an easy touchdown in Denver. If he just would have ran under the ball, caught it and just kept going. James Conner would have had an easy touchdown against Jacksonville if he didn't take his eyes off the ball. So those are some of the things. Um, all right, we have some questions rolling in. Do I think the Steelers can get the number two seed? Yeah, I think they can. I think they still control their own destiny. It's 7-3-1. and one. They have, with their remaining games left, they're going to have the opportunity to really put the pressure on the Patriots and to really put the pressure even on the Chiefs because the Chiefs schedule, you know, they still have to play the Chargers again. They have to go to Seattle, I believe. They have some tough games coming up, even a game against Baltimore. So um, it's going to be interesting. So let's see here. It's going to be really interesting to see. Let's see if we have any other questions here. Trying to get Lance back. We, we lost Lance here for a second. I'm trying to get him back on the show. So we'll see if we can... We can get that going. In the meantime, I'll answer a few more questions. Um, how important is a first-round buy for this team, given how Ben turns the ball over on the road? I mean, for me, I think a, a first-round buy is... It's tough. You know, I was I was watching Ben Roethlisberger's media availability today. This is Wednesday. And I'm, I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, I'm listening to what he's saying and how important a buy is. There are some times where I feel like sometimes you come off a bye, your team kind of loses something. Now, if you're a team that's banged up, sometimes it can be perfect. And maybe I'm by myself in this thinking. Maybe I'm at the point where it's like, well, 
you know, you, you just want to get to the divisional round without having to play a game. And I understand that 100%. The Patriots have perfected that. They play one game, they get to the AFC Championship, they typically win that, and they're on to the Super Bowl. But there are times with the Steelers, even this year, coming off the bye week, they looked rusty, they looked sluggish, they kind of looked ill-prepared. So like I said, maybe I'm alone here. But at the same time, I think that if they didn't get a first-round bye, it wouldn't be the end of the world. The key is get to the playoffs. Punch your ticket. That's the most important thing. All right. Amelia asked, should, should Xavier Grimble be released in the offseason? If this is a knee-jerk reaction to one play, then no. I think that he absolutely has proven that he can be depth for the team at the tight end position. And that's a position they need depth. I mean, if you think about it, you know, Vance McDonald, Jesse James is going to be a free agent, Xavier Grimble. They'd like probably like all three of those guys back. So there's going to be a lot of questions at the end of the season at the tight end position. But um, Xavier Grimble's a good number three. Plain and simple. Nothing more, and I don't think anything less. He's a good number three tight end for your team. Um, let's see here. If the season ended today, what positions would be free agent need number one versus drafting number one? Well, shoot. That's a tough question as of today. We don't know how the season ends. Uh, but if I'm looking at free agent needs, cornerback, I think would probably top my list. Trying to find a veteran cornerback. I think the Steelers have proven that they lack the ability to draft quality defensive backs. I mean, there's there's always the the outlier, I guess I should say, to every single equation. But Artie Burns, even Cameron Sutton hasn't really panned out yet. Um, you could go back and, and find other examples uh, of, of players that just haven't panned. So I would, I would try to find like a Joe Hayden type. Uh, maybe not that expensive, but a player that has been there, player that has proven that he's capable. That's probably number one draft need. They're probably going to be looking at edge rusher, depending on what they want to do with Bud Dupree next year. So I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting what they do. Okay. Um, let's see here. So <laughs> someone asked me to get a GoFundMe for Lance. <laughs> Lance is mobile today, and that's why he was not showing his image on the screen there. Um, Thomas asks, how impressive will it be to have two receivers with 100 catches and 1,500 yards and a quarterback with 5,000 yards passing? It would be impressive. I would much rather have a team that wins more. I mean, sometimes those awesome passing statistics just mean that you're either playing from behind, uh, can be more conducive to turnovers and stuff like that. So, um, uh, yeah, it would be cool. I mean, Juju's already hit the thousand mark, thousand yard plateau. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Antonio Brown will. Ben five thousand. I haven't looked at his numbers yet and where he is. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they could do that. It would be cool, but I really hope it doesn't equal a demise to the offense as a whole and, and their overall balance. Uh, next question, Grace says, "Do you see the defense getting stronger in the last month of the season, or did Denver expose them?" Steelers are 20 and three in the month of December. They are a very good December football team. I see the defense getting stronger based on the fact that I feel like they're kind of finding their own. If they can get to it back, um, that's going to be huge. Stefan to coming back is going to be huge. And you look at who they're playing. The statistics might show a step backwards, but it also could mean that they're more battle tested for the playoffs. When you play the Chargers, when you play the Patriots, when you play the saints, 
And even when you have to play the Bengals again, all those teams, all those games are going to have to, are going to get you ready for the postseason. The thing about the Steelers, they have to win some of those games if they want to get into the postseason. I think some fans have kind of gotten into their heads that they're fine and that they're already in the playoffs. That's not the case. There's still a lot of football left. A lot of things can change. So keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Roland asked, do I believe we'll beat this, the Patriots this year? If Lance were on the show right now, he'd say, hell no. I say, hell yes. I think this is the year they beat the Patriots. I've watched the Patriots play a decent amount this year, and I'm just not been that impressed. Uh, their defense is worse than it was last year. Their offense is kind of mundane. Doesn't mean they're bad, but kind of mundane. I think this is the year. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Other questions. Sign Jalen Ramsey. Well, I don't think Jalen Ramsey is going to be a free agent, so you'd have to trade for him. And I think that price tag would be a little too high for the Steelers, so I'm going to say no. Um, and as Frank points out, Jalen Ramsey is a head case. Patrick Peterson would have been legit, but it wasn't meant to be. So, um, Kevin Colbert, the general manager of the Steelers, he's a longtime viewer of the show on YouTube. He says, when can we clinch the division? Um, Dave Schofield, uh, he's running an article tomorrow morning for him. Is uh, He said the magic number is four. He's in the group chat right now. He might be able to chime in and help us out with that. But uh, ultimately, I, I think it's the Steelers just win, your, win the football games. Beat the Chargers. Go to Oakland and win there. You haven't won there in forever. And then you put yourself in prime position and see how the rest of the division pans out. Um Thomas White asked a question about Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to talk about that guy anymore. So we'll talk about the transition tag and all that stuff afterwards. So there you have it. Folks, I hope you all understand that Lance was, his sound quality was fine tonight. We were mobile, like I said, but he got kicked out of the call. Couldn't get him back in. So hope you're all will, will cool with me handling the Q&A portion of tonight's show. I'm, I'm glad you listened. Look, we didn't talk a ton about the Chargers game. Um, this show is kind of turning into more of the Steelers news type show. We talk about the hot topics, like we talked about Ben Roethlisberger's comments about James Washington and stuff of that nature. We'll do our true and false segment, but if you want to hear nothing but Steelers versus Chargers, you want to listen tomorrow night for the uh, show I do with Brian Anthony Davis, which is our Steelers preview. We will break down all the statistics, matchups to watch, even fantasy football start and sit, all that stuff. We'll be right there on that show, so make sure you check that out. As for everything else, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's really, I can't think of a better website, 10 articles a day at least, and that includes podcasts, analysis, commentary, features, and more. And make sure you're following us on all of our audio formats. If you're looking for podcasts, that's Art19, Stitch, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, all of those were there. Search Steelers, you'll find us behind the Steel Curtain logo, the Behind the Steel Curtain uh, Pittsburgh community there for our podcast, and as well on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio, and like, subscribe, comment. We appreciate all the help and support. Uh, for Lance, wherever he is right now, uh, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on another episode of The Standard is the Standard. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, 
maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.